often when people get sick, um, it's our body telling us, you know, we just need to slow down a little bit and give ourselves time to recuperate and try and get rid of some of the toxins that are built up in our lives. And what, this is why I'm saying this, friends, is this is one thing that fasting does for you. It helps you get rid of that overload of toxic stuff that's built up in our bodies over time. And we all have this. All of us have this. So uh, fasting is a good idea for most people, uh, except for some that have got specific health conditions who need to get professional advice. But generally speaking, it's a great idea for most people. Anyway, let's get on to the main purpose of what I want to talk about today, which is about the spiritual element, the spiritual aspect of fasting. What's spiritual fasting all about? In the Bible, in the book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 11, it says this, God's readiness to give and forgive is now public. Salvation's available for everyone. So we're being shown how to turn our backs on a godless, indulgent life and how to take on a God-filled, God-honoring life. Now, as I was reading that just a couple of weeks ago, I I was just really impressed with that where it says that when you become a follower of Jesus, you know, everything changes about your life. And I just know that when, when when you ask Jesus into your heart, you've got to make some decisions. Uh, you've, got to, you've got to ask yourself and come to the point of realizing how much of His rulership will I allow in my life? Am I going to let Jesus rule my life fully? Because let's face it, we are made of three parts. You, you, are, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. And so every one of those parts wants to run your life. Uh, you, you know as well as I do that, you know, you know the, the physical part of your life, those natural appetites like, like the stomach, you know, it wants to run the show. It wants to, it wants to tell you what you should be doing all the time. Is that right? Am I the only person that has that problem here? You know, you know, this, you know and the soul, the, the mind and the emotions, that wants to run your life. And a lot of people are, you know, driven by their emotions or by their thought processes But at the same time, the Holy Spirit living inside of you, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a born-again believer and you've got God on the inside of your life, the Holy Spirit within you, He wants to begin to lead you. And so I've got to decide, what am I going to be led by? Am I going to be led by the Holy Spirit in me? Or am I going to let these other things, other aspects of my life, rule my life? So in Psalm 103, and I love this verse, verse 1, it says, Praise the Lord, I tell myself. But that's the writer of this psalm saying, I'm telling myself what to do. And I'm saying, praise God. That's a good thing to do. Lift up the name of Jesus. Exalt the name of Jesus. So friends, when you fast, what are you doing? You are sending a message to yourself that I'm going to put God first in my life. Is that okay? I'm sending, I'm telling myself, I'm going to put God first in my life. And that's a great thing to say. So how does fasting work? I'm just going to cover some of the practical areas of this first um, before we move on. So there's different types of fasting. And the first one, the most common probably is um, don't have any food at all, but, but lots of water. It's, it's, it's got a name, but um, that's, and that's generally what I do and what, what we do. And, and uh, uh, so at the moment... Uh, you know, in this month, you know, so I'm, so Dale and I, we're, you know, missing some meals, you know, during each week. 
and uh, just to focus on God and just to, to make that time for Him. So that's, that's called a normal fast, but don't have any food, but, but lots of water. Water is your best friend, you know, when you're fasting, I can assure you. Then there are some people that do like a juice fast. They just have juices, and that's, that's quite good. There's lots of health benefits for doing that. And, of course, you can go longer. You can fast for a lot longer time period when you're doing that. And then there's the what some people call a, a Daniel fast, which is just, um, you know, you eat, but you don't, but you, but you uh, cut back on things you really like, you know. Um, I think I mentioned the other day about, you know, maybe not having any coffee or tea for a while. Well, I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> so, um, so if you're having a heart attack right now, I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> I think you need to, <laughs> I think, I think you need to hear this, what I'm so the Daniel, the Daniel fast. Now, I know there are some people here that during this month of November are doing that, and that's a great thing to do. I really support. And, you, you know, like I said, you can go a lot longer when you're, just, when you're doing that because you've got some, you know, some energy coming into your system. Um, let's read Daniel chapter 1, um, verse 3 to 8 in the message. And it says, The king, so this is when the, the children of Israel uh, were carried away into Babylon, uh, which is like modern-day Iran and Iraq. So the king told one of his head leaders, head of the palace staff, get some Israelites from the royal family. They were all captives, like they were captives, prisoners. And uh, from the royal family and the nobility, young men who were healthy and handsome, intelligent and well-educated. Anyone like that here today? (laughs) Good prospects for leadership positions in the government perfect specimens and indoctrinate them in the Babylonian language and the law of magic and fortune telling. You know, that's so significant, friends, because that's what the world system is wanting to do to all of our young people today, to indoctrinate them in the ways of the world, the understanding of occult and all that stuff that is the opposite of what God wants to bring into your life. So, And the king then ordered that all these young people be served from the same menu as the royal table, the best food, the finest wine. But Daniel, who was one of the the people those young men picked out, says, Daniel determined he would not defile himself by eating the king's food or drinking his wine. Now, the reason why he did that is because some of that food would have been ritually slaughtered or the meat, sacrificed to idols and so on. And he didn't want to have anything to do with it. So he said, he said to the, the person that was in charge of them, can, can, uh, can we please just have vegetables? If you read it in the original, the original language says uh, like, like pulses or like beans, I think. So vegetables and water. And the guy freaked out. He said, listen, if after you know, a while you guys are not looking too good, you know, you're looking a bit poorly. Um, you know, I'm going to lose my head. And uh, Daniel convinced him just to try, give it a test for about 10 days. And it says, after the 10 days, they looked better than all the others. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, if you're a, a big meat eater here today, you know, maybe there's something in that. I don't know. Uh, if you're a vegetarian, then you're probably saying, yes. But anyway, uh, that's what happened. And so... He, he determined he didn't want to do anything that wasn't following, following God. Now, 
That doesn't mean he say you shouldn't be eating meat. That's not what this is saying. But he, he, what, this, what this is saying, friends, that there is a case for um, controlling your diet. And uh, let's call it abstinence uh, from some things. And especially in a case, they're in a foreign country. There's, there's, uh, uh, it was a long way away from all of his family. It was a long way away from any kind of accountability and everyone else was doing it. Wouldn't it have just been a great place to have had all the, everything that he would have wanted there in that foreign, foreign land? But Daniel set his heart to follow the Lord his God. And I think it's a, an amazing lesson for us. So fasting, how long, how long uh, should you fast? Well, um, it varies. Um, you know, it could be just a meal um, here and there. It might be a whole day. Um, I've done a lot of those, that sort of thing over the, over the years. Um, maybe three days. I've done a number of three-day fasts over the years. It might be three weeks um, or, or longer. Some people fast for long, long periods of time. But um, whatever, whatever works for you, I would suggest if you've never fasted before, don't start off with a three-week or a 30-day fast or something. Um, that would be a little bit, uh, a bit intense. But just, just work up to it work up to it. I guess my point this morning is, if you've never done this before, maybe, maybe you could try it, or maybe you should try it and just see what happens. So when, when to fast? Well, here's the thing. There's, there's never a perfect time to fast. In fact, I can almost guarantee you that if you decide that you do want to do this or ha- have a go at fasting, there'll be a, a long list of reasons why you shouldn't do it. There'll be a lot of excuses like, you know, I've got a, you know, a, a family get-together or, you know, there's a work Christmas party or, you know, I, or I, I just can't do it today. There'll be always a list of reasons. You've just got to jump in and say, I'm just going to do this and see what God does in your life. And I, I've, I've suggested that we as a church uh, set aside this month of November uh, for, uh, for next year. Uh, I'm doing it for next year now. You know, some churches would have January and they would do it in January, but January is not a great time because you're on holidays and, you know, um, just, you know, there's you always have your family over or whatever. So it's not a great time, January. So I'm just thinking, let's just do November. And of course, December wouldn't be a great time either uh, for all the, all the things that happen at the end of the year. So, so we're doing November. And here's the point. Why are we doing this? Because putting God first in your life is a great thing to do. Giving God the first part of your day, giving God the first, you know, part of your finances, give, putting God first in decision making, it's a, just a great thing to do, and that's what we're doing. We're putting God first during this month for next year. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Put God first in all you do. And the Bible says, all these other things that we might think about, they'll all be added to your life. So here's some other reasons, some reasons why you would want to fast. Number one, spiritual breakthrough. When you need something in your life, you need a breakthrough in your situation. You need a breakthrough in your life. Let's read from, uh, it's in Matthew chapter 17. Jesus tells his story, or in, in Matthew 17, there is a story. Jesus is coming down from the mountain and there's a huge crowd of people there. And there's a, there's a, a guy who's a father. And his son is, dis, is, in, is distressed because his son is tormented by an evil spirit. And uh, the evil, this, this uh, 
suicidal thing. It's trying to destroy the, his son. And he would often, it says, the Bible says, would often throw himself into the fire or into water to try and, try and kill or harm or kill this young boy. And the father, it says, had brought his son to Jesus' disciples to see if they could help him. And they couldn't, they didn't seem to be able to do, they couldn't solve the problem. So he brought the boy to, or he came to Jesus and said, you know, Jesus, can you do something? Can you help? Let's read Matthew chapter 17, verse 17 to 18. It says, Jesus said to the whole crowd, there could have been a degree of frustration in his voice. How many times do I have to go over these things? How much longer do I have to put up with this? Making it clear that the Son of God has absolute authority over any of the works of the enemy. Bring the boy here. And he ordered the afflicting demon out, and it was out, gone. From that moment on, the boy was well. So it was instantaneous healing and deliverance for this young child, this boy. Of course, the father was, you know, overjoyed and and excited about this. But then it says that later on, the disciples privately asked Jesus, why couldn't we cast this demon out? See, here's the point. Um, It says in Matthew chapter 10 that Jesus had given them authority to cast out demons. That's significant. And here in chapter 17, they couldn't do it. So they said, Jesus, what's going on here? What's actually happening here? Jesus says to them, because you're not yet taking God seriously, said Jesus. The simple truth is that if you had a mere kernel of faith, a poppy seed, say, you would tell this mountain, move, and it would move. There's nothing you wouldn't be able to tackle. He's talking, he's challenging them about their level of faith. And then he says, however, this particular kind of spiritual stronghold, evil spiritual force, does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So friends, there is, a, there is a case where you need to fast to break through in some specific areas. And here's the question. Here's the point this morning. You know, if Jesus could have done everything that he needed, to, that he came to earth to do, if he, if he could have achieved everything he came to do without fasting, why did he fast? But Jesus was on a 40-day fast right at the very beginning of his earthly ministry. The reason he fasted is is because he knew that there were certain things that can only be accomplished through setting aside specific, determined, and deliberate time to seek the Father, to seek his Father. Second thing, second reason why you'd want to fast is to hear from God because it increases your sensitivity to be able to hear from God. Moses fasted for 40 days when he received the Ten Commandments up on the mountain with God. You know, and that was so significant. He was alone with God for 40 days. Well, Joshua was with him during that time. Up on the mountain, he met with God. One, something also that he saw up there, God showed him, showed Moses a glimpse into heaven, and he saw the temple that is in heaven. And God said to Moses, they were about to build like a replica of that on the ground called the tabernacle. You might have you heard of Moses' tabernacle. And, uh, and God said to Moses, make sure you build it exactly according to what I showed you there. It was incredible. He saw 
something in, in heaven. And I, I love what it says in the book of Hebrews. I'm, I'm reading Hebrews at the moment where, where it talks about Jesus and it compares Jesus to the Old Testament priests who used to go into the, into the temple, the, the tabernacle, and you know, once a year into the holy place. And it says in Hebrews there, it says, Jesus didn't enter into the, the earthly version of the holy place. He entered into the place itself. I want to tell you, friends, that, that in heaven, there, there is a, there's a, a, it's just worship everywhere. It's just full of worship. And Moses saw that. He, he saw into heaven what really is going on in heaven. Because he was fasting, he was setting aside time, just him and God. Paul, the Apostle Paul, of course, fasted for three days. When he received his assignment to go to the non-Jewish world with the message about Jesus. Um, in the Old Testament also, one of the kings, Jehoshaphat, this happened like over and over. There are many, many, many examples of people who fasted in specific situations. I'm just mentioning a few this morning. But Jehoshaphat, one of the kings, was surrounded by enemies. They were about to be wiped out. It was a desperate situation. He didn't know what to do. And he called the whole nation uh, to a fast. He said, for three days, we're going to fast, we're going to find out. And then God came through and showed them exactly what to do. Actually, <laughs> I love this, they put the musicians out front. They put the singers and musicians in front of the front row cavalry and artillery and all the stuff that they had. I don't know if they thought they were going to bang him over the head with a guitar or a cymbal or something. I don't know what they thought they were going to do. But they began to praise God. And a great, a great, uh, great victory came, came about through that. God worked an incredible miracle. So Jesus, of course, fasted for 40 days at the beginning of his earthly ministry. So the third thing, the last point, fasting for personal revival just to get something happening on the inside of your heart, just to, to, to connect with God personally. So Joel chapter 2, verse 28 says, After that, and you, might, you may know this verse of Scripture, but after that, I will pour out my Spirit on every kind of people. Your sons will prophesy, also your daughters. Your old men will dream. Your young men will see visions. Okay, so it's a great uh, prophecy and a great, you know, um, statement of what the future will be like but it says after that after what after what's he talking about after what if we go back earlier in that chapter it says verse 15 it says blow the ram's horn trumpet in zion declare a day of repentance a holy fast day call a public meeting get everyone there consecrate the congregation make sure the elders come but bring in the children to even the nursing babies, even men and women on their honeymoon, interrupt them and get them there. Now that's pretty serious, don't you reckon? They're saying, I want everyone there. You see, there's a point about corporate fasting. It's very much, it is actually a personal, individual thing. But he's saying, I want everyone there. Call a holy fast day so that people can come back to God and just... Let him speak into their lives once again. See, friends, there's a point about this, about focusing our hearts on God. And sometimes we just need to make a statement to ourselves, I'm determined, I'm going to let God have free access into my life again. So we know that turning away from your 
old life is, an, is essential to be able to walk in the new that God has for you and I. He's always got something new. You know, Jesus was talking about this in Mark chapter 2, verse 21. He's talking about the new wine. And he says, um, he says um, he's talking, and that's, that's a reference to the Holy Spirit. Okay, so when God moves powerfully in your life and the Holy Spirit just fills your life, it's, it's a reference, it's like new wine. And he says, you can't put new wine in old wineskins or old, old bottles, you might say, because otherwise it'll crack, it'll crack the bottles or, or the wineskins will just be damaged and, and, and the wine will be spilled. So, so he says, you've got to put new wine in new wineskins. And the interesting thing about it is in that same passage, he said that just after he was talking about fasting. There's a whole section about fasting in Mark chapter 2, and then he talks about the wine. The wine. So here's the point. Fasting helps you get ready for the new thing that God wants to do in your life. And I just love that. Fasting and seeking God is preparing your heart for the new God wants to bring into your life. And I, I just know this morning, friends, that He wants to bring new into your life. You know, the old, the old is okay. Hey, let's face it, I've, I've been in church all my life. I've had plenty of old. You know, I've been there. We've been doing stuff for a long time, hey, Del. And uh, uh, <laughs> she's been there too, same, same thing. You know, so many of you here, I'm sure, are the same. You know, there's always plenty of the old. What about the new God wants to bring into your life? Setting aside some time to pray and fast and seek God. So fasting sheds the old and makes way for the new, a new Pentecost, a new infilling of the Holy Spirit, a new outpouring of God's revival power that He wants in your life. That's what we're doing in our Sunday night prayer meetings. We are praying for revival. We're praying for God to move amongst us, to fill the hearts of people, to touch the lives of people. Why don't you come and join us five o'clock on a Sunday evening here for the next for the rest of this month? So, friends, if you've never done a fast in your life, maybe it's time to think about that. Maybe, maybe it's time to say, well, perhaps I could, you know, even if it's just one meal, just just miss a meal, or maybe for a day, or maybe for more than that, for longer than that. What's the area of your life? You can't seem to overcome. You know, maybe, maybe there's a challenge that you've been facing and you don't know how to get through that situation. You can't overcome that. Something standing between you and your destiny today. What's the place where you need to get victory over something? Could be a habit. Could be an addiction. Could be a behavior that you know is not glorifying to God and you can't seem to, you know, stop that thing. What's... what's that thing, where, that point where you need victory in your life. Maybe it's time to start a fast. Or you, or you just want to hear from God at another level. Or you want more of His power and authority in your life. I'm going to ask our creative team to come up uh, back to the stage right now. And, and uh, so I want to just put that to you there this morning. What's God saying to you about this today? When you pray... When you fast, when you give, Christian basics that uh, that we can we can all do to enter into the life that Jesus has for us. Mm-hmm.